Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Welcome. If you're here for the first time, welcome to Crosspoint. Uh, we are family here and uh, we're excited to have you to be a part of part three of our series called Behold. Can somebody say Behold? Behold. Right. So Pastor Mark started the series uh, two weeks ago and we talked about beholding the light that is Jesus. And it's really cool, really cool uh, series because what we're doing is the word behold really means look or pay attention. So we're, we're really trying to get us to pay attention to what really matters around this very busy, busy season of the year, right? Is anybody just kind of overwhelmed with all the stuff they got to do for this time of year? Okay, we're all perfect. All right, good. So just kidding. So we, there's just a lot of stuff going on this year. And so we want to just help you to think about what's really important, what really matters in this time of the year. And so we, the first week, like I said, Pastor Mike talked about beholding uh, the light that is Jesus. And he uh, encouraged us to ask the Lord to examine our eyes and see if there's anything that's in there that we're being distracted by that seems shiny, that seems bright, that really is a distraction from Him. And then last week was really cool. I really just enjoyed that. It was a, a timely message. He talked about uh, just... If we want to behold Jesus, then we have to behold others. If we want to behold His glory, then we have to love on, you know, love on our neighbor, love on the people that are that's in this very room, love on the people that's in our community. So I thought that was amazing. And so today we're going to talk about beholding the heavens. Can somebody say, "Behold the heavens"? All right, all right. So we are going to uh, take today's message really from Colossians 3, 1 through 3. So you can turn there and uh, we're going to talk through how to behold the heavens and what exactly are we beholding. And uh, so I want to read that with you together. If you can turn in your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, uh, Steve is in the back. You can just put your hand up to receive a Bible. He would love to uh, hand you one if you need one. If not, you know, you have your phone, if you have the Bible app. If you do not have the Bible app on your phone, let's talk after service, okay? Let's talk after service. All right. So Colossians 3, uh, read with me if you can. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Thank you, Jesus. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Join me in prayer. Father, you're awesome. God, you are so good. You are holy. You're righteous. Your ways are not our ways, Lord. God, we thank you for this beautiful privilege we have of coming before you as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, raising our voices to you, praising you, adoring you. Father, we pray that you would speak a word to our hearts, that your word will come alive in us, Jesus, and that we would be reminded of your goodness and faithfulness in our lives. Thank you, Father, for um, what you're doing in us individually and collectively as a church. Um, you're always faithful to us, Lord, and we just give this time to you. We surrender any thoughts, any, any uh, feeling, any emotion, and we just put it at your feet, Lord. We thank you that you're already here in our midst, 
and we give all the praise. And it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So has anybody in this room ever had a bad day? Anybody? Bad day? Okay, it should be all hands up, okay? We all had some bad days. And maybe when I said that, you had, you had a day pop in your mind immediately of just a bad day. So can I share with you guys a bad day that I had? Yeah? Okay. Okay, so let's go back to middle school, okay? My wife is freaking out right now, just so y'all know. She has no idea what I'm about to say, and she's like, oh gosh, what he's about to say out of his mouth. So... Um, this is middle school in New York, okay? And my middle school self was just arrogant and just ridiculous and terrible. And so this was the last, this was the last class before we, before we got out for dismissal. Um, and I had to go to the bathroom. Some of you already know where this is going, okay? I had to go to the bathroom, all right? So this, me and this teacher, we really never really got along, okay? She, we were always just back and forth with each other, and I was arrogant, so you can imagine. Um, and I was like, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom, okay? Like, I gotta go. Like, I need to, I need to be out of here. And uh, she was like, hey, look, there's about 10 minutes left. School's about to be out. You just wait, and you can go after. I'm like, look, you don't understand. I need to leave right now. And we kind of went back for like two minutes. And then my arrogant self got up. I was like, forget this. I'm out of here. I went and I just went off to the restroom. In New York, it's not one floor, one story building. There are stories for, for this is, this is middle school. So there are stories. Why is the bathroom on the first level? I don't know, but it was on the first level. <sighs> so, I had to go really bad, so I started running. Then I started jogging, and before you know it, y'all know exactly what happened. Yes, yes, okay? Terrible, terrible. Okay, so do the deal, all that stuff, whatever. I'll skip over the details. We went to, we went to school uh, about an hour a little over an hour from where I live, because my parents were smart. Um, and I had to take the city bus home. So on this beautiful day, for whatever reason, the bus was super packed, like packed, guys, packed. And I did what I could, okay? But your boy was still stanking, okay? <laughs> Stank, all right? <laughs> Stank. I'm on the bus, okay? I don't know if you've ever been roasted before, but you have not yet been roasted. If Just let, let me tell you, some of the jokes were hilarious, but some of them were like, I am a loser, okay? Like, I was getting roasted, okay? And I just shrunk and I was like, this is probably the worst day of my life. This is terrible, okay? So I get home, I do whatever, and I, I burn the clothes. I don't really burn, I don't know, I threw it in the trash or something. But anyway, um, Oh, goodness. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, I put it in the trash. But anyway, that was a bad day. That was a terrible day for me. Maybe your day is, you had a bad day just worse than that. But that, I just want to give you a little insight. Now we know each other a little bit better. And then we can talk about, you remember when you were in middle school? Like, yeah. Remember when you were in middle school? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> okay? So that was a bad day. All right? So we're going to talk about this guy in the Bible who also had a very bad day also. He's known for making a lot of mistakes, and he's known for making some awesome and doing some awesome things, right? You guys know him. His name is Peter. 
And uh, so Jesus, one of, on one of the many occasions he's talking to his, his disciples, he's telling the disciples, you know, what he had to, what he has to do. Like he's telling him, them his mission. Like the son of man must suffer many things in the hands of the, these religious leaders and I must, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to be raised from the dead. And, you know, the Bible tells us that they just didn't, they couldn't understand what he was saying. And I believe God held it back from, from them, but they just they couldn't understand it. And it was several times Jesus told them this. And then this time, you know, um, he tells them this. Peter, being arrogant, and we'll talk about why he probably was a little bit feeling himself. He pulls Jesus aside and says, hey, guys, give us one second. One second. Pulls Jesus, hey, God forbid it that you die. God forbid it. You cannot die. Are you kidding me? This will never happen to you. And then Jesus says, you guys know this. Get behind me. Who? Satan. Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on God's interest, but on man's. And so those three words are really the kind of foundation of what we're going to build on today is us setting our mind. Right. And we see Paul. Paul echoes those same three words to set our minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the father. And so there's something to be said about we need to set our minds on, especially in this time of year, especially when so much of stuff going on. We got to set our minds, get ready to end the year, get ready to start a new one. Let's set our minds on the things above on the heavenlies. Amen. Amen. So. Uh, so, yeah, so Peter makes makes, you know, kind of makes fool himself by telling Jesus that he, you know, you can't die. Right. And he. Yeah. Talk about like a like a diss. Can you imagine like Jesus telling you, calling you Satan to your face like Satan, Satan, his enemy, like eternal enemy. All right. So, um, yeah. And so before. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So. I believe the Holy Spirit's wanted to tell us something. He wants to, he's, he's saying that we need to set our mind, getting ready for, to close this year, get, get into the next year. And uh, so the first thing that I want us to talk about is how do we behold the heavens is we got to set our mind where Christ is. So you have a little note sheet in your bulletin. You can take it out. And uh, the first kind of point is uh, behold the person. So you can write that down if you want. Behold the person. And that person is Christ. Behold the person. Some of y'all are still judging me for my story I just told, but it's okay. I still love you. I still love you. Okay. So behold the person who is Christ. Right? Because it says in Colossians 3, it tells us, uh, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. So Christ is above. So... Before Peter makes that mistake and pulls Jesus to the, to the side and says, you know, far be it from you to be for you to be dead. You cannot die. Um, Peter actually has an amazing experience. Like he has a very amazing experience right before that. And what happens is Jesus, he pulls the disciples together and he's like trying to get like a pulse of what they think and what people think about who he is. And so he asks them, hey, guys. What, who do people say that I am? Like, what are you guys hearing out there with your friend groups and your family? Who do people say that I am? And they're like, some people say Jeremiah, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, even. Uh, some people say, some, you're one of the prophets. And so he's like, all right, that's cool. Then he asks, okay, but who do you say that I am? My disciples, who do you say that I am? And at that moment, at that very moment in time, God 
reveals to Peter this awesome truth, this amazing truth in which Jesus tells him on that truth, the church will be built and the gates of hell will not prevail against it on that truth, that the truth is he is the Christ. He is the Christ. That is the truth. So it's so crazy how God reveals to Peter in that moment. And it was on that second, on that second in time. But it's a truth that extends far beyond time. The truth extends in the past and it exceeds, it goes to the future. This truth is so eternal that Jesus is the Christ. You know, because he didn't say, oh, you're Jesus. Oh, or you're Joshua, you're Yeshua. He didn't, it wasn't a revelation of his first name. He was like, oh, you're Jesus Christ. It wasn't like, oh, I put those two together. That's your first and last name because it's not his last name. God revealed to Peter Jesus' identity as the Christ. So, so yeah, so his identity was revealed, revealed as a Christ. Here's a cool thing that I saw as I was reading that, that God, after God reveals that Jesus is the Christ, and then Jesus tells Peter, well, right, so God says to, to uh, or I'm sorry, Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Peter turned, and then Jesus turns back to Peter and says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. And Barjona means he's the son of Jonah. So just as real as the revelation Peter got of J Jesus being the son of God is how real Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. I am the son of God. And just how that is real is how real you are the son of Jonah. And so that was their culture in the time because they didn't have last names like we have last names back in the Bible days. Right. They were just known by, you know, where they're from. I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but I just found out like, you know, really, you're a pastor. Yeah. Um, so Mary Magdalene, it was just a place she was from Mary of Magdala. So she was just from that place. So people knew her as the lady from Magdala. It wasn't like, you know, kind of her name part. Of, it was just where she was from. And you guys heard like James and John, the sons of Zebedee, like their father. And then Jesus kind of renames them, you know, sons of thunder for their personality. So Jesus in that moment reveals, God reveals to Peter that he is the son of God, the Christ. And so we're going to take a look at who the Christ is and, and what that means in a little bit. So, you know, Christ means, it really means anointed one, the anointed one. And back in those days, they would literally anoint you as king or prophet or priest. And so you were, you were anointed into the, into those offices. But the cool thing is that there were no, there was no special inauguration for Jesus. There was no special, let's get together the ceremony and we're gonna, we're gonna see Jesus physically anointed. Jesus was anointed to be king from his father. And so, uh, in Luke 4, Jesus actually tells everybody that this is his ministry. He is the anointed one. So if you want to turn with me in Luke 4, 18, we'll read that together. Luke 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord, let's actually backtrack a little bit, to 17, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set those who are oppressed 
to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Beholding the Christ. That's who the Christ is. He's the anointed one. He is a king that was prophesied about centuries ago through the, the prophets that he would be the coming king that would take away the sin of, the, of his people. So this is the Messiah. This is the anointed one. And like I said, Peter got that revelation that this is, I'm standing right in front of the man who was prophesied about for centuries. And he's not just this man who's going to be king, but he's going to remain king for all eternity. So the first thing we can behold is we can behold a person. We can behold Christ. And what it does is when we behold Christ and who he is, and he's not just, uh, you know, he, he's a king, we can behold his, his character. We can behold his mission. It takes our minds off of us and it focuses on him, on his character, his mission, his purpose, his heart. And his heart, he says it, the spirit, of, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So we can behold the Lord, we can behold the Christ and his mission instead of focusing on ourselves. Amen? So Paul goes on to talk about in Colossians um, that Christ is. So therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated. So the second thing you write in your notes is behold the position. Behold the position. And that position is that he is seated at the right hand. And I think it's so cool, guys. What, what a posture to be in right now, to be sitting down in the midst of this like chaotic, violent, evil, dark, depressing, like this world is dark, it's evil, it's twisted. So much confusion and chaos. And our king, the Christ, the anointed one, who was prophesied, he is sitting down. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So Hebrews, if you want to turn with me really quick to Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3 says, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Thank you, Lord. So when he had made purifications of sins, then he sat down. Or when he cleanses from our sins, another version says, and he sat down at the right hand. And you know, that purification of sins is just an abbreviated way to describe the magnitude of what Jesus went through, the suffering he went through. You know, the Bible tells us that he was a man of sorrow. He was a man of sorrow. And I, th I think it's good for us to be reminded that he, the, his pain and suffering didn't necessarily start on the cross. He suffered many things leading up to the cross. Remember the 40 days in the wilderness, right? Being tempted. Those were real temptations. He was fasting. And Satan tempted him with food. And, you know, he didn't play his God card like, nope, I'm, I'm good. I'm God and man. I could do anything. He was actually tempted to eat food because he was so hungry. And Satan knew that. He was tempted to get the kingdom now. Take the kingdom now. You don't have to go through that suffering. You don't have to bear that pain. He even wanted him to commit suicide. Hey, just 
jump off this cliff here and the angels will catch you, twisting the word of God. You'll be all right. How sick. He was tempted, right? The, his pain started way before the cross. His pain started, his frustration was towards the religious leaders. They were trying to twist every single word he said all the time. They were trying to even kill him before he was going to die. They tried to push him off a cliff. His frustration with the people corrupting the house of God. Frustrated. His, 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 his broken heart for Lazarus who died. His cousin John the Baptist who was beheaded. Him, him in the garden of Gethsemane, dealing with, wrestling with that, those thoughts, wrestling with those thoughts. Should I really go and do this, Jesus? Am I, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to go and give up my life? We got to think about how serious this is. Three times he's asking the Lord, is there any other way? Is there any other way to do this? And then meanwhile, the disciples can't even stay awake with him. Like, guys, don't leave me here. Don't leave me. Stay up and pray with me, please. Just a little bit longer. Just stay and, and wait. Pray. And he's so anxious to the point of sweating blood. So Jesus is suffering. And we all know the suffering, the suffering continued. So he had mental suffering and temptation. And it became physical with the slaps to the face and the whips on the back on his bare back and nails being driven into his palms, nails being driven into his feet, the crown of thorns. Can you imagine a thorn being shoved into your head? He suffered so much and he rightfully sits, rightfully sits at the right hand of the Father the Bible tells us in Hebrews that he is the pioneer or the leader of our salvation through what he suffered. Thank you, Lord. He is the leader of our salvation, the pioneer, the author, because of the things he suffered. And because he suffered, we gain everything. We gain everything. We can behold his position, and his position includes us. It's amazing. I want to encourage you guys when you have time and we can talk about it. But there are so many in hymns. In Him, in Him, in Colossian. We are blessed in Him. We will walk in Him. I want to encourage you just to find out all the in Hymns that there are in Colossian. It's beautiful. We, we, are, we are blessed because of it. In the beginning of Colossians 3, it says, Therefore, if you have been raised up, and he's talking about because we were buried with Him in baptism, we've been raised up with Him. He says that we were hostile in mind and engaged in evil deeds. And God transferred us into his kingdom, rescued us from the domain of darkness. So his position includes us. We are also seated with him in heavenly places. We can behold his position. We don't have to behold and look at the things around us, but we can behold the Christ, who is the king who has been anointed by his father. We can behold his mission, his purpose. And we can behold his position as sitting right now in this time. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And that place is a place of honor. That place is a place of honor and favor. The last point I have for you this morning is 
we can behold the power. Behold the power. And that's of the living God. So we can behold the person who is Christ, who is the Son. And he's the Son of the living God. And I think I was just so blown away by the fact that we serve. We serve a living God, everyone. And maybe you already know this, or maybe, maybe, maybe lately you've, you've felt like you've been praying, and you've been praying, you've been asking, maybe you have fasted, and you're not seeing anything happen. Maybe you feel like there's a wall between you and the Lord, like there's no connection there. You've lost somewhere, somewhere along, the, along the way, you've kind of lost that relationship, that momentum. But I want to, I want to remind you that we serve a living God. Christ, the son of the living God, not a God who is this stoic statue, but a God who exists here today. And I thought it was so awesome that all the, all the songs we sang today were about God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus is here with us now. God is here with us. And so in this time, we can behold who he is, his person, the Christ. Not just Jesus, but yes, Christ. Christ Jesus, the King Jesus. We can behold where he is, who he is, where he is, and what he's doing. Revelation 1.18 says, I am the first and the last, and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and the grave. When we behold Him, when we behold His power, we, we behold the living God. When we behold who He is, we behold His power. And I don't know if you felt like you, your life has been kind of powerless over the, over the last couple of weeks or months, or you felt like you haven't, you've just kind of been running off of fumes. But I want to remind you that we serve a living God, everybody. He is living. And we can behold Him, we can look to Him. We don't have to be distracted by what's around us. And the cool thing, Paul goes on to say, to set your mind on things above, not on the things on earth, for you have died. We have died with Christ, and our life is hidden with Christ in God. What an awesome picture. Our life is hidden. So this, 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 what, how many, how many years have we got to live, everybody? 70, 80 years, and that's it? Our life is hidden with Christ. We have died already. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of what God is doing in us and through us. We're not only, we're in Christ, but we're not with Christ, but we're in God. Nothing can snatch us out of his hand. Nothing. God is so faithful. And I hope you're encouraged today. I want to read this scripture out of 1 Chronicles 29. And what I want you to do is just behold who the Lord is. Behold, as I'm, as I'm reading this, you can close your eyes and just think about who God is. His majesty, His glory, His goodness, His faithfulness. It's so easy for us, guys to focus on what our eyes could see. But if we behold who he is and behold where we are with him, 
It will change our whole perspective on life, on our struggles, on our pain, on our marriage, on our kids, on our finances. If we can realize, Lord, I have died with you. I have died with you. My life is actually hidden. I'm here for a short time. My life is a vapor. I'm in the heavenlies with my father who was king of the universe. I want to read this verse. There's a couple verses in 1 Chronicles 29. It's at the end of David's life. And he is declaring just the goodness of God. And um, I just want you to be encouraged by it. So as I read, like I said, you can close your eyes and just behold God's power. Behold his goodness. Behold that you are, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. Behold that the Christ is king. And he was anointed by his father God in the heavens. And then I want to encourage you after we read this, I'll pray over you and just worship the Lord. Worship him for who he is. Worship him because he is worthy of praise. Here's what 1 Chronicles 29 says. Blessed are you, O Lord, God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion. O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great, to strengthen everyone. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. Like I said, just you can stay where you are and just hear from the Lord and just worship him. God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we can set our minds on the things above, Lord. We can set our minds on the eternal, on the eternity, on the fact that we have died with you and our life is hidden with Christ in you. Thank you, Father, for giving us your word, Lord, for giving us the freedom to experience the divine nature, that we can escape the world and we can walk with you in the divine nature living every moment off your promises. Father, in this moment, we just want to glorify your name. We just want to lift you up. We want to exalt you, Father, for who you are and who you are as king and who you are as mighty and just. And so, God, we just surrender everything that's on our hearts. God, we, we put everything that we're thinking about, all the, our worries, anxieties, we just give it to you, Father. And God, we ask that you be glorified in this place. We thank you, Lord, for being here already, that you're faithful and just. We give you all the praise and all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.